0: Ready or not, here I come. Hi, welcome to Care to Listen. Care to Listen is a series of podcasts made by care experienced children and young people in the UK. We are travelling across the UK talking to care leavers, experts, and activists in the field of childcare who are fighting for better services, rights, equality, and understanding. Right, uh, who's next on our podcasting hit list? Well, we are here in Westminster, in London, and we are very excited to meet and talk to Anne Longfield, the Children's Commissioner for England. Hi, Anne. It's lovely to meet you, and thank you for supporting us in this project. So, do you get the tube to get here? I'm into I mean, to your workplace. I get I get a bus actually. Oh, um, is that not longer?
1: No, I mean in London you've got brilliant buses, you've got all the red buses in London, so mm-hmm. I'm just really lucky that where I live there's a bus that goes very near to this office, literally just down the road, so it's about a half hour journey. So I get a bus every morning and a cup of coffee at the beginning, uh, do it's my emails dinner. on the bus and then pop out into the office, so um, it's really
0: good. Can I start with a simple question and ask you what is your job role about?
1: Yeah, nice to see you. Really pleased you're here. Um, So I'm the Children's Commissioner for England. There are also children's commissioners in other countries, England, Wales, Scotland and across Europe. And the way I kind of simply describe it is I'm the kind of eyes and ears of kids in the kind of system. And I'm independent from government, but created in law and government funds it but I look at what kids are experiencing and use that to be able to show where kids aren't getting the best deal that they could that might be in anything in the the kind of system but also when people are making decisions and making laws I talk to them about what kids need as part of that because what you find out really quickly is that when people are making policies often kids get quite overlooked in that and sometimes i've been talking about it at the moment around social media and the internet kids are quite an afterthought so actually it's what i do is i pop up at an early stage and look at what children would need if that was going to be put into place successfully was this your dream job it's pretty high up there I mean it when I started the job didn't even exist it's only yeah. been around about 15 years I'm the first I'm the third one um, so you know when I set out it didn't even exist but I worked for a children's charity for ran a children's charity for 20 odd years before this and kind of tried to do very similar things in certain ways but actually this is a legally um, embedded role that. Has particular powers, two powers it has, I can't call them superpowers. <laughs> One is that I can, I've got a power of entry to anywhere where children are, are living away, from, when they're away from home. So I can go into children's homes, I can go into when kids are in custody, hospital, and talk to kids about their experience and check on their well-being and the other thing is that I've got these powers to gather data so I can ask any public body for any information about children and expect to be given it unless there's a really good reason why and that's something that no one else has and is really really important to be able to you know provide the evidence of why certain things need to be done or not.
0: Yeah, it does sound really important for what you do. Do you reckon it's kind of scary in standing in front of the government and telling him what other children tell you? Um,
1: no, not really. <laughs> I mean, I think it's a big responsibility, and obviously, you know, you should take those responsibilities seriously. But, um, you know, it, you're there for a reason. You're there to be able to make sure that kids get the best deal in terms of the support that's offered in terms of the decisions that are made and you know it could be anything from the way that people plan in an area to you know big decisions around children who are in care or indeed at the moment a lot of people are talking about new regulations for tech companies to protect children better you know I think it's something which You know, your responsibility is to make sure that you're doing your best for kids.
0: And with that, you just have to be bold. What did you do to have the job role that you're doing right now? Like, what was your pathway like? So I first, I always knew,
1: I went to university. um, But when I left, I always knew that I wanted to do something which was about people. And my first job was working in communities in South London Um, where a lot of people were struggling, didn't have the most income and the like. But I worked in community projects that were providing support for some of those families. And I could see that with a bit of help, those families were just doing brilliant things. And it was such a help. And I could see how families were just achieving a lot. And that kind of showed me that things were possible, but also... It taught me that actually, if you give people help and you give people help along the way, then actually not everyone's going to need it all the time. But if it's there, then people can really use that as a springboard. And that's what's kind of driven me on. And I went on to work at a national charity, which I ended up running for about 20 odd years, which was aiming really, you know, again, to try to do the best to make sure this is a great place for kids to grow up.
0: Do you reckon when you stand in front of the government, they—I'll be cheeky with that one. Do they always listen to you, or can you sometimes have the answer? No.
1: Well, I—I I imagine you won't be surprised here. yet I mean, no one says no. Yeah. It's more subtle than that. You know, they just forget you've ever spoken to. But um, yeah, of course, I can't make people do things. I can't command. You know, I am not the one that's in charge of, you know, the treasury and the rest. Um, however. This role is essentially about making, building a a collection of not only evidence that something's needed, but also, if you like, a dialogue that and bringing people into that. So I do a lot of media work because I want the general public to be the ones as well that are expecting and in many ways asking for this. So it's not a case of just heading off to you know, a government room and telling someone something, expecting them to say yes. In a way, you've got to build that support. And um, again, if you look at something like the um, conversations that are happening at the moment about government getting tougher with tech companies about the media that probably wouldn't have been where they'd have started two years ago but now there's more and more parents that are worried more and more children actually it's probably going to go in that direction
0: you've done a lot of things positive things to help kids can you give us an example of one thing that you changed can i give you two just because they're (laughs) really different as many as you like okay so in a way, I, a lot of what I do is about
1: persuading other people to do stuff or, you know, putting pressure on other people to do stuff. But I think it's also important that actually my office takes the initiative and, and does things as well. So one of the things, if I, if I stick with the, um, uh, the tech and the social media, one of the things that children always told me that they ended up signing up to stuff with terms and conditions that they had no idea like most adults, to be honest, what they're signing up for. And when we looked at terms and conditions, we, you know, say how a tech company or a site is going to use your data, um, what's it going to do with your pictures, all of those things, um, they were often 30 pages long and many thousand words. So what we did, we worked with a, a, a law company, and we shrank it down to one side of fit, well, one, one side of A4. Oh, and of we put it in everyday language, you know, Um, we want you to give us your ideas but if we use them we won't give you anything for it that sort of thing and that was just a really positive thing which I think helped it's now a resource in a lot of schools schools use it with um, kids as part of their um, you know emotional and 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 digital resilience stuff Um, and it also showed it could be done and move that on Um, another one which is completely different when I met a lot of children who were in care they said They'd had a lot of instability at times, or some kids had. So they'd had to move more times than they wanted. Social workers changed a lot. They'd had to move school. And when I talked to councils about it, yeah, they were concerned, but they kind of said, you know, we're trying our best, but. So what we did was we set up um, an annual measure, if you like, of what we call instability. So every year now, we collect data from councils around the country and ask them how many social work changes there have been per child, how many schools, and how many times did they have to move home. And we do that every year, and we report on that, and we report back to the councils, and we use that as a way of getting them to put more emphasis on keeping kids stable and in one place and actually change the way they work. So that's something which is kind of, you know, it's slightly complicated, it's for long term, but it directly comes from kids saying, we don't like this. Um, And it's our way of making sure that people put more emphasis on that and then improve things.
0: I picked up when you said that there's a lot of children that have been moved around. They say that 70% of siblings get separated and many of these siblings don't really get support to maintain contact. Is there anything you could do to help and stop this from happening?
1: Well I think this is something that we um, will probably do as the next stage of the stability index where we look at how many times children in care are moving school or moving home or getting a new social worker. I know this is something that a lot of children find is really distressing and is really important to them and we can do that as part of our um, uh, collection of information. So by doing that, again, we're shining a light on it, we're we're measuring how often it happens, uh, we're saying it should happen less, and we're actually doing year on year Um, showing what the changes are Um, so that and also positively at all points drawing attention to it I think that we can help in that way
0: how long have you said you've worked in your at your job role four years in them four years you must have done a lot of changes how does that make you feel like changing someone else's life
1: um well I mean I hope I hope sometimes it's not always immediate if you like. But I'm really proud of what we've done. And, um, you know, if you look out here on this board, we've got loads of cuttings here of things that we've done, press cuttings from reports we put out and discussions that we've kind of prompted and and sometimes changes as well. And, you know, I'm really proud about that. We've got a little team, but, you know, it's what we're for. We should be doing that, but I'm really proud about it too.
0: What is the biggest challenge that care-experienced people face today, in your opinion?
1: Well, I mean, I think... You've got children who are dependent on the state, essentially, for every aspect of their lives. And that's always going to be something which is a challenge. And, you know, you've got local authorities who are struggling to get a lot of these things in place, but actually have, you know, small resources and the like. So with kids, I think what I want to do um, to overcome some of those challenges is actually make sure that there's opportunities there i think one of the challenges is around having um you know good relationships that are there being able to get people who can introduce to things you know aspiration and the like i think there's so much that we can do and i really want to you know help in any way we can with that
0: do you think there's enough support to assist care experienced people to attend university at any age?
1: It's something that really comes up really often. And, you know, I want to be, I want everyone to be really aspirational for kids at ring Care. I think it's part of what you should be as part of that parenting role. And what um, children have said to me is, first of all, why is that are the fewer percentage of kids that go to university? And then when they're looking to go to university, actually, is the financing place to help? Is the accommodation in place during school holidays? Is the accommodation in place in the finance year on year? So I know that, um, you know, people who are working with kids in care will be wanting to ensure people are safe and all of other things. But actually, you know, I really want us to all think massively big for kids. I think we need to do more from that. And actually... Work with universities to, and indeed with kind of employers, to look at specialist schemes and apprenticeships and routes into university to help kids that are in care to find a pathway in. And I think that's quite possible, and it would be fantastic to do. We're actually, um, as part of our work with apprenticeships, we've got some children. Uh, some adults here care leavers here who are apprentices with us and we're talking to other big apprenticeship schemes including some really quite high profile media ones to see if we can set up specially schemes for kids that have been in care because I think we should be doing everything we can to open those doors.
0: How do you listen to children in care and what do they tell you when they meet you?
1: So I visit places where children are in care, if I'm going on a visit to a certain area I will usually meet children in care when I'm there. Um, I also go to children in care councils and when we've got particular project here we also um, meet with kids as part of that. Um, uh, Obviously, it's anything in life that kids will be talking to me about. Sometimes it's about some of the problems. Sometimes it's about some of the changes that they want to have more um, say over. Sometimes it's about what happens as they're kind of leaving care and trying to get that start in life. Sometimes it's about university and employers. I think what it all comes down to is about getting the right kind of springboard to move throughout care and into adult life. And obviously you want safe and secure and good relationships, but also I think there's an opportunity here to really ensure that kids who are in care get the best possible opportunities we can do. And you know that's something I think we should aspire to.
0: What is the IMO project?
1: Well, the IMO project is actually a, a really positive creative project that we're doing and it comes from, in my opinion, it's a platform for kids in care to be able to share their experiences, their dialogue, their tips, all of those things and what we're trying to do with that is create a platform where children that are in care or care leaving can actually have a place where they go, they can talk to each other, they can share their own thoughts and the like. Um, We have a great place on it which is actually giving away free stuff so, oh, lovely. <laughs> Exactly. So, um, you know, we've got some great giveaways. Sometimes there's tickets to kind of concerts. Sometimes there are experiences. We've got coming up actually a competition where the prize is, I think, 40 hours of driving licenses, which the a- oh. uh, driving lessons even that the AA have provided. Fill me in, please. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, we've got great stuff there. And you know, that's partly because we can do that, but also we're trying to make it a fun place to be. So what we didn't want it to be is a place which people just go for information, advice. Yeah. Actually, Persuiving we want it to be, yeah, we want it to be about inspiration. We want it to be about sharing life stories, you know, there's a life hack section, all of those things. It's just starting out, it's just been going for a few months and um, we really want people to get involved. Um, So anything in terms of your story, videos, blogs, all of those things, be either direct or through the Children Care Council, please send it to us. (laughs)
0: Definitely. Some people have difficulties when they leave care. Coping without support, what help is out there for us? So I think that is the place where I know from our helpline,
1: because we've got a helpline called Help at Hand, where people can get in touch if they need extra help to resolve you know, a big problem. Um, we get a lot of calls around uh, people that are leaving care. Um, the things that we hear about, of course, are you know that move into independence can sometimes be swifter than they wanted kids will often tell me that they didn't get the support to prepare for that sometimes there's financial issues sometimes there's accommodation you know for any any child it's a big step when you move out of your home into independence and you know sometimes it can take years and for a lot of children increasingly so it doesn't happen now till they're in their 20s and even towards 30s but children that are leaving care it can be much quicker and it can be much earlier and there isn't the support there in terms of that you know the the family there with everything that comes behind them often including money um, that other kids might have so I know it's a period it can be a period of like of um, you know real insecurity there needs to be much better support longer support, in my view, in place. And we need to do everything we can to make sure there's no surprises. So one of the things that we've been um, doing is really backing um, a call for local councils to make children and care leavers exempt so they won't have to pay um, council charges, community charges, locally. Um, and that's something which we know is a big shock for a lot of, of, a lot of care leavers. They get a bill, uh, The local authority comes back on if they don't pay, can easily end up in court, and then they get into debt. Well, actually, the council can make them exempt so they don't have to pay it and it won't actually cost them very much at all. So it's a good thing to do. It saves care leavers from having to go through that trauma. It's a financial saving, and it helps with the stress. So I'm on the lookout for all of those things possible that actually councils and others can do to remove things which they could remove that would help, and that's just a really simple one. Actually, most councils, most, um, you know, well over 50% of councils now do that. They didn't. Um, and there's been charities doing that, and we've kind of backed that call too. But actually, we're now moving to the point where most councils actually help care leavers in that way, but they all should.
0: Have you heard about celebrating the Care Day?
1: Have indeed, and um, we did some things last year about it with other children's commissioners as well in, in, in the different countries.
0: What is it? What
1: is that about? Well, I think, you know, there are, there are lots of care. There are lots of special days, aren't there? National Day for this and that through the year. And sometimes people can say, oh, there's just too many of them. But actually, there is something about having one day where everyone focuses and gets good messages out about certain things. And actually, to have a day which is around children in care is an opportunity to be able to, again, really shine a light on children in care, show the fantastic things about children in care and how they're, what they're achieving, but also stimulate some debate from those people who probably don't know too much about this, don't actually think about this much in their lives and really be able to tell some of those stories and of course put some of the tougher messages over around extra help needed. So it's something which is a force for good, it's good and um, one that I'm really keen to support. Why do
0: you feel like, sorry, why do you feel like it's important to celebrate that care day? Well I think
1: there's two things, one is celebrating in terms of the achievement of those kids and the fact that there is such good experiences and work going on is really important tell the good news stories within that but also it's an opportunity to really focus on some of the tougher messages to those that you know make decisions about how important it is for instance to get extra help for children leaving care to go to university or to get good apprenticeships or to get extra support in accommodation. so it creates a focus and through that you can tell not only the positives but also the ones where things need to change
0: right i'm going to finish this off with a simple but a little bit tricky question um if you had a magic wand that could change things for care experienced people what would it be
1: Ah, so um, a magic wand would be really good. Um, first of all, I would, can I have two, two goes at my magic wand. As many <laughs> as you like. The first one would be that actually we help kids earlier. So we did everything we could um, to help children get the best possible um, chances in life they could from, you know, babies onwards. So we noticed when there were problems and we helped families and worked with families and all of those things. But with my magic wand for kids in care, that there would be just every opportunity for those children. I know there are brilliant opportunities, so I'm not saying they aren't, but every child that went into care got the most brilliant opportunity to aim high, to get really the best support, to have long lasting, supportive relationships, all the things you would want from your own child as a parent that you were able to confidence to offer that to every child that came into care and then give that springboard into adult life. That's what the magic wand would do.
0: That, that's actually really lovely. Well, thank you for your time and best of luck in the future from us all at Five Rivers. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Five Rivers Care to Listen podcast. This podcast has been produced by the members of a democratic group. Representing the views of people from Five Rivers Childcare Limited. Music by Rick Flow. Track Hide and Seek. Courtesy of Rick